David, I love that candle you're burning. You seem to always have a great candle burning. I am very aware of how room smells. When you've spent over a decade with a 75 pound Labrador retriever and two teenage boys, you start to worry that your house smells like the inside of a gym bag. I would imagine so. You know what I wish we'd had for the last decade? What? That Puro Air Purifier we now own and use all the time. I love my Puro Air too. Did you know that indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? Yes, I lived with two teenage boys. I can 100% testify <laughs> to that. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Gases from a preteen boy? <laughs> I'm dreading when my nephews start making those gases. Just you wait. Thankfully, Puro Air uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. You wouldn't drink unfiltered tap water, so why would you breathe unfiltered air? Thanks to my Puro Air Purifier, I feel like I can breathe again. Check it out at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time, getpuroair.com. Check it out now. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. Happy New Year, David. Happy New Year. So excited to be starting a new year and sad to be winding down the Raising Emotionally Strong portion of this season. It's gone so fast. It's gone so fast. How did we get to the last section of this amazing book? If you've missed this before, somehow in all these recordings, if you don't have Raising Emotionally Strong Boys today, go put it in your cart on Amazon or drive yourself to your local bookstore right when you stop listening to this podcast because every person with a boy in their life needs this book. You are so kind. No, it's true. I've been so grateful for all the conversations that we have had around this with so many neat guests and parents in the trenches. It's just been so fun to develop this content way beyond what I wrote in the book. I've just loved where we've gone this whole season. Me too. And we're going to keep doing that. Don't think our season's over. It's just part two. We're really just getting going. That's right, with some worry-free info. Yes, got, we got any got little worriers in your house? Coming up. Yes. So, okay, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that you devoted the entire last third of this book to purpose, which I love that idea. I think it's so important for boys and girls. And will you talk a little bit about why? Why did you pick to do that? Well, I would say two things come to mind as I think about it. I would say. First, I think boys by nature are missional creatures. Mm. Like, I think they are always looking for a mission of some kind. And I think they're their best selves when they find it. And, you know, just even this week, I was talking with some parents about their firstborn son who's anxious and having trouble getting into the classroom. And my first thought was, let's help his teacher help him find some way to purpose. Like, if he has a job in the classroom that he can go straight to, and sure enough, 
Test driving that has helped so much in terms of just walking and feeling like I've got something to do and I'm being helpful. And it eased the anxiety for him just feeling a sense of mission. You know, I talk a lot with teenage boys about how they are their best selves when they are employed and exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Employed from a part-time job, exhausted from a sport. So they've had a chance to get a lot of energy. And as we talked about in the strength of emotion, a lot of that physicality of their emotion out as well. And I have long believed in boys having at least one part-time job by the time they graduate from high school. And I think you'd say girls benefit so much from having those opportunities where they're working under other authority and getting feedback and having to manage their time well, all the different parts and pieces that happen. But I think it's, again, back to that, they feel a sense of purpose and mission when they do. And, you know, it was fascinating when I was doing the research for this book, just to come into all the evidence, again, of how all kids, not just boys, but all kids benefit. In fact, I included a study that found that middle school students who mentored younger students, helping them with their study habits, actually spent more time on their own homework, which, again, is not surprising to think about. And so I challenge parents so much to think about all the different ways that they can create purpose for boys all throughout development. I just feel Mm -hmm. so strongly about that. Well, it's funny to hear you talk about that because as you're saying that about having them help in the classroom, my mind immediately went to, I remember the first time my teacher asked me to do something really significant. I can picture myself standing at, what were those things called in the hallways with the big, it was like, butcher paper and you did something, I got to do the Thanksgiving turkey and putting up all those little tail feathers on that turkey. And I remember not only feeling a sense of purpose, but I felt like I was doing something kind for my teacher, who I adored, Mrs. Oliver. I can still remember, fifth grade teacher. And I think as we think about the differences in purpose and that missionality, if that's even a word, between boys and girls, I think if we were to talk about boys wanting to make a difference, I think girls want to make a difference to someone else. They want to have the other person on the end of that purpose, because as we talk so much about girls are so relational. And I think that, you know, the the whole idea of girls have more oxytocin being secreted in their brains, that's the nurturing hormone. It's just part of who God made girls to be. And that they define themselves against this backdrop of relationship. And so when they can experience that same idea that they're making a difference to somebody else, it has so much impact. And like you talked about, for boys, there are so many girls over the years that I have seen in this swirl of emotion that they're just, you know, like that helicopter we talk about sometimes going down, that if, if they can find their way to or an adult in their life can help them find their way to a sense of purpose. I think it can pull them out of that emotional swirl. And I had a girl two weeks ago that I was meeting with who was so stuck. And she was a teenager, and she kept talking about, I don't feel seen by my friends. I don't feel seen by my friends. And as she described her friends, I remember thinking, I don't know that you're going to feel seen by this group of friends, and you may feel this way for the rest of the year. I mean, this just may be a hard place you're in. And I... I tried to help her move towards like, okay, if school's going to be hard, what's a place you can give? What's a place you can see that you make a difference? And she wouldn't go there with me. And she came back this past week for the first time. And it was so fascinating because she had been on her first college visit. And I think she felt like she heard a choir of angels singing as she was walking around campus because I think she not only had hope that things will eventually get better, number one, but number two, 
it opened up all these places that she saw that she could make a difference, all these opportunities that they talked about on the college campus. And and obviously, we want to help girls connect there before, but I think that is one of the things I love for girls about having a sense of purpose. And I read a really cool study that talked about all these things that purpose does that helps kids combat anxiety and stress. It helps regulate their anger. It wards off depression and even promotes overall happiness based on research on brain activity in kids. Isn't that amazing? amazing. Yes. Makes such a difference for boys and girls. I was thinking about, as you were talking, a story that I put in the book that I love so much that I actually learned from my daughter when she was in high school running cross country. And she came home one day from practice and they had done these huge hills and she was still feeling the residual, the impact from that. And she talked about when they were about two-thirds up the hill, kind of that worst point where you just think, I can't make it one more moment. Her coach yelled out, I want you to find a friend who's struggling and start cheering them on. Mm. And I loved that so much. I called that section upward and outward. Like, what would it look like to kind of move outward in those moments when we're struggling that we can get so fixed on our own pain, on our own struggle. And what my daughter said, which I loved and is so true, is like, you know, it didn't make the run any easier, but we were turning our attention in a different direction. And it's like, I could only be so miserable running up the hill if I'm also cheering on my friend right now. And so she was like, keep going until you peek over that hill. And I love the idea of thinking about all the ways that we could move our kids in that direction. Mm. We're not ignoring the pain. We're not pretending like struggle's not real. But we're finding purpose and mission in the midst of that that I think makes the experience of moving through the pain really different. Which, if we're going to be honest, our job, that's what I feel in our job. When I have been through really hard seasons of different things personally, there's so many times I think, I'm so grateful to walk into this building and shut my door and be about other people because it keeps my focus off myself. just feels like such a gift. Absolutely. Well, I'm just so glad we're getting to talk about it. Me too. David, did you get your taxes finished? (laughs) What did you say? (laughs) What are you eating? Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone. Where'd you get them? Thrive Market. Oh, how much do we love Thrive Market? I could record an entire podcast about that topic. You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from the Honest Kitchen. I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on. (laughs) From pets to kids to grown-ups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive. Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. 
David, how much did you save on your last order? I saved $32. I saved over $12.67. How much did Patches save? (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am. You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month. Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash RBG for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash RBG. Thrivemarket.com slash RBG. David, you want to know what one of my New Year's resolutions is for 2023? I would love to know. I want to cook more yummy recipes. Good for you. But Sissy, do you have time for that? I mean, we are pretty busy. We are busy, but I'm using Every Plate Meal Kit so it's quick and simple and affordable. Every Plate is the most affordable meal delivery kit out there. Oh, I see. You found a money-saving hack to reach your resolution. Sounds like you've already conquered two resolutions for the new year. Yes. With every plate, I can cook more and save money. It's a win-win. You know what else makes it a win? Every plate is delivered right to your door, so there's less grocery shopping, too. David, I own 2023, and it's only January. I think I'm going to join you so I can mark three things off my 2023 goal list. And if you, our listeners, want to join us, you can get started with every plate for just $1.39 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code RBG139. $1.39 per meal? That's a savings of up to $134. Go to everyplate.com slash podcast and enter code RBG139. So that leaves just one last question, Sissy. What's that? When are you having me and Connie over for dinner? (laughs) So let's break down a little bit of what purpose looks like across development. Because I made mention of that a few minutes ago. We love thinking with parents in different pockets of development. What could this look like? Mm. And I had an example just this past week of what it could look like for a toddler. Ooh, I need to listen to this. (laughs) And... Interestingly enough, I'm going to be so curious if you had this happen in your office before, because it has happened probably five times now to me that I have some parents coming in uh, to do a parent consultation of a boy, and their childcare falls through at the last minute, and they have to bring one of their younger kids with them. And I'm so great with that when that happens. So I had a little two-year-old guy in my office, and needless to say, while we were talking, he destroyed about every inch of my office. Mm. I mean, I think I have a good thousand Legos in this space and all thousand of them were spread out across the floor and my building blocks and all kinds of things. And as our time ended, his parents got up and just started walking toward the door. And his mom was even having to take gigantic steps to get to the door to find a safe place to put her foot (laughs) because there was so much on the floor that it didn't occur to any of them would be a good thing to clean up before they left. And 
So I have had that happen so many times now. I'm always fascinated by the parents feeling okay with leaving a space in that way. But more than that, I'm really sad for those kids that they don't feel a sense of learning early on. Like when I play with something, I need to clean that up before I leave. And that for toddler age kids, that's where purpose starts. Like this sense of I went into someone's space, they shared all these fun things for me to do. And it's my job at this point to help with cleaning up before we leave. And so I would say we've taught before on this podcast, just a great reminder again, that as soon as kids can walk, they can pick up toys. They can help lower that bottom shelf of the dishwasher. Think of as many ways as we can fold in opportunities for them to feel like they contribute to the family, to being helpful in other spaces. So I would say it starts early. Love that. Yes. Good reminders for me with the boys. So then we move to elementary aged kids, which is we both. It's funny. I think when we teach parenting seminars where we're talking about development, which we love to do, you always talk about in this window if a boy was ever going to get stuck in his development. And I do the same. It's just such a rich time with them. And as we know, if you haven't listened to season two of the podcast, we're talking about development and I call girls not in elementary school, but as they're moving towards adolescence, early adolescence and narcissistic years. And so the giving and purpose isn't going to be quite as natural for them. So in these elementary age years, when it is more kind of a response of who they are so often, we want to really lean into that and get them volunteering, helping around the house, but also outside of the home. And so thinking about regularly as a family, baking a cake for someone in your neighborhood that might be having a hard time or making a meal and taking it to someone. And and I think for those kids, we talk so much about kids are experiential learners and and not just doing something, but actually being able to take it and see it land on the other person's face. Anytime we can do that, taking them to go rake leaves at a neighbor's house with you. We don't have a lot of leaves in January, but come next fall, that we're just thinking about places we can fold that in together where they can see the difference that their time and energy and their hearts make in the life of someone else. Soup kitchens are a great place to do that with elementary age kids, a habitat house. Anytime they can give and again, see that walked out where they experience purpose is going to take root in a way that they really need it through the next stage of development. So you jump in with middle schoolers. That that paved the way for you. Here we go into that complicated stretch, which when we teach on raising boys and girls, we talk about It's what every developmental theorist would agree is the worst episode of a kid's life. And so in that complicated space where kids are never going to feel more unsure of themselves, more insecure, more uncomfortable in their own skin, they desperately need opportunities to feel a sense of purpose, like they matter to the world. And so I talk a lot with stage three boys about how I want them to help tutor a younger kid in a subject they're strong in. I want them to come back and help coach a younger sibling soccer team. If they've aged out of vacation Bible school, come back and be the assistant recreation leader. Like there just are so many ways and possibilities. You know, that's that tricky space where a lot of kids might be too old to go to certain camps, but too young to get a part-time job. Well, there are still, as you just voiced, so many opportunities for kids to volunteer. And so in the summers in particular, I really want to encourage parents to think creatively and strategically about those kind of opportunities, even before kids are eligible to get a part-time job where they can feel a lot of mission and purpose. Yes. What about the high school years? It's a little easier again. And, you know, I can think of so many kids over the years that have just lit up when they talk about 
going on mission trips and doing different things, volunteering in places, sometimes with groups of friends, sometimes with their family, sometimes on their own. And, you know, Dan Siegel talks in his great work around teenage brains about how the way that their brains are wired is they're seeking new experiences. And so when we can connect that with an opportunity for them to give, it makes a difference. And like we have talked about, the kids who who were most concerned about from even a depression and suicide perspective, are the ones who don't see that their life matters. And so helping them find that, and I I found another great study out of Berkeley that talked about teens who seek purpose, not even just experience it, but seek it, report more life satisfaction, more happiness, and it's linked to better physical health for them. And I love the things that it mentioned when it was talking, when it was conceptualizing what that sense of purpose looks like. It talked about traveling abroad, which mission trips, and they can be local or abroad in either place, but that's a new experience. It talked about spending time in nature, so getting kids to take, to volunteer with a scout troop or something where they're having chances to take kids outside, they're outside themselves, giving back in those ways, getting involved in meaningful social change, which I love that idea. I've had so many girls find things they're passionate about and start to give to in high school that I think has continued to be a passion that that weaves into their adult lives too. And then it talked about establishing contemplative practices, which is really, you know, that faith that that they can't probably talk about as directly as we could, but that that can, can sure anchor kids to a sense of purpose, which I love. So any of those places yes. for high school kids. Sissy, we just spoke in town last night and reminded the parents in the room about putting on their oxygen mask first. That great reminder that flight attendants give parents when they board flights. With summer rolling around and kids home more hours of the week than ever, that reminder feels so important. A hilarious dad who works from home told me last night at the book table that when school ends, sometimes his sanity does as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know who could help that dad out? Our friends at Wendy. Wendy is here to help parents relieve the stress in finding high-quality sitters when they need them. I am talking daily with parents who are worried about summer childcare logistics. Wendy offers a nanny service where they match college students with families for the summer. We all love summer, and your kids especially love summer, but we lose the consistent schedule of kids in school. This creates all kinds of problems. Thankfully, there is a solution to this problem. Wendy, that's W-Y-N-D-Y, is an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These college student nannies are background checked, interviewed, and honestly, just awesome. Wendy has been around for seven years. Over 20,000 families have used Wendy to complete more than 140,000 jobs. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy ready to work near you. Families have greater child care needs in the summer, and college students are looking for jobs. Wendy is here to match families to these college nannies. Everybody wins. This could be part-time or full-time. Wendy has a match for your needs. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash rvg to start a search for a nanny, and as a special offer, they are going to knock $50 off your search if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of a traditional nanny agency and no ongoing fees. Here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash rbg to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You choose the one you like. 
Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. Go to wyndy.com slash rbg. Okay, I want to talk about it in another aspect. This can be something different than we've ever done before. Okay, you ready? Ready. So, you know, sometimes when we're on other people's podcasts, they do these rapid-fire questions at the end. We're not such rapid-fire, except about queso, guac, and tacos. Rapid-fire tacos. So let's rapid-fire about purpose, David. So if you were going to answer the sentence or fill in the blank, purpose interrupts blank of things we see kids struggle with, where would you start? Wow, that's a great question. I like the idea of that. Okay, I got a rapid-fire, you said? yep. I'm going to say that purpose interrupts entitlement. Ooh, good. Why? I'm going to say it does because, you know, we talk so much in our office with parents who are worried about their kids being entitled. And to the degree that I feel like I have a mission, there's less opportunity. Even the story I just told to be thinking about myself, to be camped out in my pain, in my struggle, in my whatever we want to fill in the blank with. What would you say? I would say purpose interrupts insecurity. Mm. Research says time and time again that one of the best predictors of confidence in kids is them having a chance to make a difference somewhere else. I mean, it is that basic. It's going to interrupt their insecurity. I love okay, that. what else? I'm going to say it interrupts a lack of empathy. Ooh. I had my 100th conversation with a parent yesterday about all the ways this family has seen their family pet be of benefit, but in particular for their son to develop more empathy. Mm -hmm. The mom said, you know, he just struggles to get there with his sisters, but it's amazing to see him flex the muscle of empathy when he is walking the dog, when he's cleaning up after the dog, when he's bathing the dog. I mean, she sees evidence of patience, so many things that she's wanting to see, but empathy in particular. Yes. What else would you say? That purpose interrupts anxiety. And I think, you know, we would both say boys and girls who are anxious feel incapable so much of the time. They don't feel like they can do whatever the scary thing is in front of them. And so anytime kids have a sense of purpose, it makes them feel more capable for all the things. And so it's going to help propel them into the scarier things. There's going to be a ripple over effect in that too. All right. So let's talk about a few practical things. Okay. I love that. So first thing I want to throw out is I want to encourage parents to ask questions to help kids find their way to purpose. Yes. A few of those that we love to encourage you to ask is just think about naming a time when you felt purpose. Mm. So if you've done something together as a family, think on that particular time and what did it feel like? How did it impact you? And then jumping off from there with a question maybe like, where would you like to invest more of your time in a purposeful way? So those could be some great questions to just sit around the dinner table and have some conversation about. Let everybody answer those. Yes. It's a new year, and we are so excited about what we have coming on the podcast in 2023. We have loved walking with you these past few years, and one of our goals this year is to get to know you better. We've put together a listener survey so we can learn how to better support your parenting journey. You can find it on the Raising Boys and Girls Instagram bio or go to raisingboysandgirls.com slash survey. We know your time is valuable, so thank you for spending a few moments sharing your thoughts with us. And as a bonus, when you complete the survey, you'll be entered to win a Raising Boys and Girls book library. We'll draw a winner on April 1st. 
What's another practical idea you throw out? I would say to share purpose as a family. You are their heroes. When they're adolescents, they're not going to tell you that or they're gonna, not going to act like it, but it's still certainly true. And so when they see that you're doing that and inviting them into it, I think it's going to have more impact on them than we're even aware. And so to come up with something like, you know, one Sunday afternoon a month as a family, we're going to go volunteer or even a quarter if that feels hard, but we're going to do something together that benefits someone else. And and let's talk about our passions. Let's go through some of those questions and let's think about what can we do that each person, you know, is represented at different times of we're going to do something that you feel passionate about. And, and we're all going to understand, learn more about you and lean in to love you a little differently as we step into what matters to you. And, and I think it not only would be a shared, enjoyable experience and bonding, connecting time for you as a family, but again, they're experiencing that sense of, I can make a difference to someone else, and I get to do it with my family. Well, and building on that, something you said, it's the place I'd love to lean in here at the end, is what matters to you. I think the mistake we can make is coming up with too many ideas as parents for kids or for our family, as opposed to really involving them in the brainstorming process and saying, what are things you feel really passionate about? What are places where you want to serve? Where are there things in our community that we as a family can do together? And making a list, but making sure we're really including our kids' voices in that mm. and then letting them pick from that list. But if they don't pick, if they're like, I don't really want to do any of those, we talked about this a little bit like activities that we'll pick for you. Yes. Like, if you're not going to pick one activity that involves moving your body, we'll pick an activity for you. Yes. Or if you're not going to pick one activity that involves our family finding our way to purpose or serving or outreach, then we'll pick for you. And mm-hmm. so I think starting with that list and their ideas, but not compromising and knowing this is something we want to be about as a family is where we want to end. Yes. And I mean, David, if you had to go back, like when I think about being a teenager in particular, I can think about a couple of different places that I was experiencing a sense of purpose with younger kids, younger girls. And I think so much of that got ignited in me that I'm still doing today. Would you say the same I is absolutely true? would say that. Yes. I mean, I think having that sense of God can use me feels overwhelming and amazing. And I think it can change us. And it sure has you and me. Do you have any way you'd finish that out? I was going to finish it with this verse that you and I love from Proverbs eleven twenty five that just says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Amen. We want to leave you with that truth today. And now Melissa is going to bring us some timeless truth. There is a longing inside of each one of us to make a difference, to have impact, to have purpose. It is deeply embedded in our heart. Even as a child, I was aware of this longing. As I began to grow up in my early teens, I started asking this question, what is really important? Now, you might think a child doesn't really ask that, but this one did. And I think many of yours are asking that same question. What am I supposed to be? What am I doing? As I got a little older as a teenager, Matthew 22, 37 through 39 became my answer. 
It is where Jesus says, after being asked by one of the Pharisees, what's most important? Which command is God's law is the most important? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. In the message, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and love others as well as you love yourself. These two commandments are pegs. Everything in God's law and the prophet hangs from them. So that was my answer. My purpose is to love God and to love others. But most of the time, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to have purpose because I wanted to be someone. And in John 13, verse 34, let me give you a new command. He says, love one another. In the same way I loved you, you love one another. How's that new? And how's that different? I knew it was different because the pressure was not so much on me. I don't remember what age I was, but it's when I began to recognize I cannot do it. It is me beginning to experience and know the love of God. And because of the love of God, that I can love other people. That that was my purpose. John Piper says, it means to live out the love of God and live on the love of God. About a year ago, I got a message from someone, and here's what she said. I'm just wondering, were you a camp counselor at a girls' auxiliary camp at Jonathan Creek in the 1960s? And she went on to say, I came to know Jesus, and Melissa Trevathan was one of the counselors. She made an impact on me so many years ago. We never know, she said, where God is sowing seeds that will flourish. You sowed some in me, and I wanted to thank you for giving of yourself back then. She said, I'm almost 70, and my daughter is now 21, and I can't wait to share with her that I've talked to you. As I read that, I was picturing and remembering that camp. I remember I loved it. I remember laughing. I remember the girls putting my clothes on the flagpole. And I remembered all the jokes we played on each other. I remember the sense of belonging. But I had no idea I made a difference in someone's life. 58 years later, I heard from one of the campers. As you talk to your kids about having purpose and making a difference, making an impact, I think it's important to remember that they may not know they make an impact. And that can be very discouraging if they believe that someone is going to immediately respond to them. They likely won't know because so many times people don't respond. At the same time, they will make a difference. I have a picture in my mind of a chair at our camp called Hopetown where a camper will sit in the chair summer after summer and ask a question. This summer, there was one 17-year-old boy who asked the question, what have you seen special in me this week? 
Can you imagine asking that question to about 50 people? And the next thing that you see are hands raised. This is so important. Hand raised at camp means I have something to say. I want to participate. It means I can make a difference. And to make a difference is to do something of importance. And oh, how important it is to use our voices, our hands, our presence, to engage, support, to strengthen, to encourage, to remind, or maybe just to sit with or dance or swing or sing or cook. But purpose and meaning Having a reason for living, all things that we desire, but until we raise our hand for someone, do we begin to experience the joy, the truth we are all searching for. To raise your hand, to live truth, to have impact, to make a difference, takes practice. And that's the last thing that I want to say is practice. Raising our hand is not natural. At camp, that's the first thing I have the kids do is practice. I'll say, I'm not going to call on you. Just practice. Who wants to pray? And I let them practice raising their hands. By the end of the week, I say, who wants to pray? And those hands go up. And I do get to call on them. Through practicing, loving, making a difference, experiencing truth becomes real to us. It can be the day-by-day moments, to say something encouraging, to listen to someone, to say, sit here by me. It can be very, very simple. But I believe with all my heart that the truth will be confirmed within you, that this is what you're made for. The more you experience each day what it's like to love other people. That's our purpose. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.